How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, good morning. My name is Brandon. Uh, I'm not up here that often, but I am the youth director here at Spring Valley. And thank you guys. <laughs> I didn't ask them to do that. Um, and I'm one of the elders as well. And it's my honor this morning to kick off the next series that Spring Valley is going through called Teach Us. You can see up on the screen, we're going to start the series called Teach Us. And Spring Valley is taking some time this summer reading through and studying something that Jesus taught his disciples, and that is how to pray. Initially, you might think prayer is so simple, do people really need to be taught how to do it? But if I were to think back on when I was a kid, I will admit that I have heard a lot of different kinds of prayers. People pray so differently sometimes, and growing up, it took me a while to really start understanding the foundation of how to pray, and that's growing up in a Christian home, going to church every Sunday. Even now, after four years of Bible college and eight years in youth ministry, I still find myself needing to be reminded of how to really stop and communicate with my Creator. I know that not everyone here at Spring Valley has spent their whole life following Jesus, so prayer might really be a confusing concept. I think the question, how do you communicate with someone you can't see, is a legitimate question, don't you? And so not only do I think talking about how to pray is important, I think it's very relevant for us as a church here and now. So the passage that we're going to be studying through this series is found in uh, two Gospels in the Bible, both Matthew and Luke, and is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. Most of you guys probably know it. So let's start, uh, we're going to start every week this way. We're going to read through the Lord's Prayer together, and this is, how, this is how it goes. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let's just pray this morning. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for being here, Lord, being with me, being with uh, this church, Lord God, this morning. Father, as we come to you uh, on all different levels, Lord God, and all different needs, Lord, we just pray right now that... Um, you would speak to each one of us as, as we need to hear your voice in our lives, Lord God. Lord, teach us how to come to you and, and pray and just open our hearts to, to who you are and to, to the love and the healing that you have for us, Lord God. We love you in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, I'm going to focus on the very beginning of this prayer, our Father in heaven. Jesus begins by teaching his disciples the relational aspect of prayer. I think you would agree that we all communicate a little differently depending on who we're talking to, right? We might talk to our boss a little differently than the way we talk to a friend or a coworker, and we probably talk to our family or kids a little differently than we talk to our neighbors. And it's because each of these relationships are a little bit different. The more we know somebody, the more personal our communication is with them. When we pray, we need to remember who we are communicating with. We especially need to remember that we are not just talking to a wall. I admit prayer can sometimes be difficult because God is not physically here in front of us. But that is why we want to start by establishing an understanding of what our relationship with God actually looks like. And that is what Jesus is trying to help us see here as he begins to teach us how to pray. 
even though this section of scripture we're talking about this morning is only four words, it's amazing what we can learn. And I'm going to start and kind of take it word by word and literally start with the word our. Now it seems a bit silly to stop at the very first word of Jesus' prayer, uh, but there's significance in the fact that Jesus used this word our, because Jesus could have used another word, he could have said I or me, something like that, but he didn't. The reason this word is significant is because it tells us that prayer is not a solo sport. It's a family thing. It's a family thing. Now, I grew up in a family of five kids. And I always look forward uh, when we did stuff together as a family. Even though I didn't always get along with my siblings, uh, I loved when we all worked together to accomplish something. It helped me realize that I was a part of something bigger than myself whether it be when my brothers and I would work together to collect all the pillows and mattresses in the house so that we could safely jump off the balcony of our house <laughs> or turn every couch upside down and, and make a fort that spanned the entire uh, floor of the basement. It helped me really realize that I was part of something that was bigger than who I was. And when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, it was in contrast to when the religious leaders of his day would use prayer to separate themselves from others by using big words or praying in the streets so people could see them. But the Bible tells us that following Jesus is not about who is better at praying. Rather, we find all throughout Scripture that when we give our lives to Jesus, we become part of something bigger than ourselves. I think Ephesians uh, 2, 19 through 21 explains it pretty clearly. It says... So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's, what? Family, right? Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and the cornerstone of Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. You see, Jesus came to bring people together and open our eyes to what is going on outside of ourselves. We live in a country where rugged individualism is celebrated, where we're taught to think only about ourselves and how we can make it on our own. And yet, this is not how Jesus would have us live. Part of the relational aspect of prayer is realizing that we are all part of a family, when we pray, it should not be to dis, uh, distinguish ourselves or seclude ourselves, but to remind us that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. When we pray with the realization that life is not all about us as individuals, we start seeing God's bigger picture, his perfect plan. We start to realize how God is working not only in our lives, but through those lives around us. We stop praying just for our own needs, and we start praying for our friends, our families, and our co-workers. When we focus on more than our, or more, more than just me, and we start thinking and praying in terms of our, we begin to realize the incredible plan that God has for all of us. Now the next part of prayer is focused on identifying who God is in our lives. Jesus continues to teach his followers that they should understand God as their father. Their father. I love how Jesus decided to use the word father. Uh, people use terms like king and lord and God. But because of who Jesus is and what the sacrifice that he made on the cross, we can come to God on a personal level. We can come to him as our father. 
Too often we approach God like he's the CEO of this big company and we're just the guy in a cubicle on the second floor. But Jesus wants us to remember that when we pray, our Father wants to talk about what's on our hearts. Using the idea of God as a Father in our prayers not only changes the way we view God, but it also requires us to reconsider how we view ourselves. Here are a couple thoughts to consider when approaching our Father in prayer. First, we need to realize that if God is our Father, then we are His children. It's not a matter of how old you are, but rather a matter of how much we understand that makes us children compared to God. Now, many of you guys know, me and my wife, we just had our third baby girl, okay? So, since this, this has happened, there's just this completely new dynamic in our family um, because my oldest daughter, Emma, is at the age where she really wants to help. You guys know how that goes if you have kids. At times, we see Emma acting like a mom and wanting to help change Natalie's diaper or play with her. And in that context, Emma really seems very grown up and mature. But Emma's still only a child. And she still needs help with lots of things. In comparison to her mom and I, she still has a lot of growing and maturing to do and oftentimes has to learn to simply trust her parents. And when we pray to our Father, we are really just like children ourselves. Yes, we might have a college degree or even a doctorate. Perhaps you're the owner or manager of a business. Maybe you have just lived enough years of life to be considered wise compared to those around you. But in the comparison to God, we have a lot of growing and trusting to do. We don't always get it. We don't always understand why things happen to us or those around us. But that's why we need to come to God in prayer, trusting that he has things under his control. Jesus even teaches his followers to be like children in Matthew 18, 24. It reads this, it says, Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The big idea here is that humility and trust are key components when it comes to talking with our father. Acknowledging that he is in charge and we are not. This is difficult, this is more difficult for some than it is for others. But it's not impossible for anyone, nor is it optional. God wants us to come to him with open hands, ready to give up anything and ready to receive anything. So the question here for us this morning is, when you pray, are you coming to God like he's the one in charge? Now, another cool thing about the word Father is that it reminds us that God knows us. He knows us better than anybody else. He knows us better than we know ourselves. As we learn to pray, we need to realize that God is is not this big, important guy that has better things to do than care about the details of our lives. On the contrary, God knows, he already knows the details of our lives. Psalm 139 explains God's understanding of us in this way. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. 
You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Basically, this means when we pray, we don't have to start with small talk, right? We don't need to begin with explaining that God, uh, to God who we are and why we're coming to him. Uh, God is just ready to hear our hearts. So don't start prayers like, dear God, it's, it's Brandon. You know, Pastor Joe's brother-in-law, you might have heard of him. Do you have a minute for me? You know, like we don't have to start prayers like that. No, we want to pray, Father, I'm so confused right now. Please give me understanding and clarity. Help me trust you right now. Pray about what is making you angry or sad. Pray about things that you don't understand. Pray about that job you applied for and didn't get. Pray for your marriage that you know isn't going the way you should, it should. Pray for that person who said something that made you upset. God cares about the depths of our hearts. He really does. He really does. The last phrase we're getting into here this morning is uh, the phrase, in heaven. It can initially seem confusing talking at one moment about how God, who is so close to us, uh, that he knows our every thoughts, and then the very next about something that seems so distant, right? One of the cartoon movies I think about when I hear, hear the word heaven is All Dogs Go to Heaven. Now, by a raise of hands, how many of you guys have actually seen All Dogs Go to Heaven? Okay, so quite a few guys. Those who didn't raise their hands either were smart enough not to watch the movie at all or just not willing to admit it, which is totally fine. Um, but I think it's a classic illustration of how when we hear the word heaven, we think about this glowing place up in the sky and, uh, that we can't get to until we die and we've, we've lived a, a good life. But when Jesus asks us to pray, our Father in heaven, he doesn't mean that God is distant. He wants us to realize that first, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. What I mean is that God is the creator and ruler of everything. It's not that we live here on earth and God lives up in a bright glowing cloud. It's that we are just human and we have limitations as humans do, space and time, while God does not because he's the creator of us and everything around us. Psalm 24, 1 through 2, it says this, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundations on the seas and built it on the ocean's depths. Jesus wants us to pray with the realization that God is a creator that wants everything to do with his creation. God is the creator that wants everything to do with his creation. He did not get the world spinning and walk away. When we pray, we should be in awe of how God, our God, the creator of everything around us, desires to be with us on a personal level, face to face and heart to heart. God is sovereign, and yet he is our father. It's a beautiful understanding that in context of prayer should bring us to our knees. This term, in heaven, has another importance, though. Jesus wants us to realize that not only is God sovereign, but that we are not home yet. We are not home yet. Our Father knows that this earth we live on is far from perfect. And we need to remember, as we pray, that our lives, as we know them, are temporary. 
it's easy to get caught up in the things of this world and forget that the best is yet to come. Colossians 3, 1 through 4 says this to the followers of Jesus. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in a place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Hebrews 13, 14 agrees with this concept and says, For the world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. See, our prayers should reflect the anticipation of being with God, both here and now, but also when we leave this earth. Sometimes we live with a sense of disappointment or discontent with our job, our marriage, money, whatever. Often it's because we are more focused on those things than we are on communion with God. But when we pray, we remind ourselves that relationships and money here on earth are finite compared to the home we have to look forward to. In a moment, we're going to sing a song together that talks about how God is a good father. And this is a good time just to take a moment to have a moment with God and and just start praying and kind of rediscovering, hey, what really is prayer in my life? Some of us have spent years and years and years praying and some of us are brand new to it. And this morning is just the perfect opportunity to just come back and remind yourself or relearn hey, this is, this is a thing that we're doing together as a church. Under one Father, when we come, we communicate with God. And this God that is so amazing cares so much about each one of us. So in these next moments, we're going to go through this song, and it's going to be a time to reflect and pray. And you can sing along with the song. And I just want you guys to know, pray, pray in your hearts. Pray out loud. Pray in your seats. Pray up front. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you do it. It's a matter of how we approach prayer and how we understand this relational aspect of who God is in our lives. Let's just pray together. Jesus, we just thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I'm humbled by this understanding that that you love us as much as you do, God. I'll sit here and admit, just like anybody here, that I need to understand who you are and how to communicate with you again. Lord, we love you this morning. We just pray you speak to our hearts right now in this moment. Amen.